We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Thanks again to everyone who's listening and watching and sharing. Uh, it's kind of nice. Even today, we were hearing from several ladies that they look forward to watching these every week. That's good. Uh, it's If it can encourage people, that's great. Yeah. That's what we do it for. And we would probably keep doing them, but it's nice to know that some of you really are watching. <laughs> uh, and along those lines, we always give you the information to where if you want to send in more questions and thoughts, we continue to respond to those in various ways. Uh, and so one of the questions that has come in recently was, what translation of the Bible should I use... And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Dan if you'll give a few tips and tricks on that. And then we'll go through some specific translations and give pluses and minuses, some pros and cons on those. Well, underneath that question, we need to realize that the Bible teaches that it's inspired by God. Absolutely. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3.16. These things we speak... Paul said, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Mm -hmm. So if we believe, like the Bible says, that the words of Scripture were inspired by God when they were given to the original uh, writers, then we believe that that what's in the Greek and Hebrew text is exactly what God sent. Then that gives us some kind of a obligation to do the best we can to translate it into whatever language we speak. Sure. In our case, most of the listeners will be English speakers. Right. So. And <clears throat> most of them probably have not taken Hebrew and Greek courses and right. are reading directly from. Right. So they're kind of having to trust in that process. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So... As a majority English-speaking audience, mm-hmm. is there one particular version that every one of us should be using? No. All right. So then that leads us to, if there's not one particular version, maybe what are some points of reference or some things people should consider if they have, you know, they've walked into their local bookstore and they're looking at that wall of books and they've got all those odd names and letters looking at them. Mm-hmm. What are some things they could consider to help them maybe narrow that field? Well, obviously, you want to be able to understand your your Bible as best you can. So one of the things that needs to be considered is your reading level. Hmm. And uh, I know that everybody has different reading levels and different uh, learning abilities and disabilities. Mm-hmm. So um, some people have a lesser reading level, and if that is you then you need to consider that as you buy a, a Bible version, something that won't be so so complicated that you won't be able to read it. Um, and yeah. we'll have some suggestions for you about that. Okay. On the other hand, if you're an avid reader and you've read on all kinds of levels and your vocabulary is good, then other there may be some other Bibles that that you could handle just fine and, and uh, maybe a tiny bit more accurate and would be good for you to have as a personal study Bible. So okay. one factor 
in the thing is reading level. Yeah. If, if you have a friend or a new convert that is maybe speaking English, but it's a second language. Yeah. And they can read English, but not at the level they can their regular language. Yeah. Then they're going to need a different Bible than somebody who is is well versed in English and it's yeah. their first language. So all okay. those things are are factors. Um, another factor to consider is um, the uh, the philosophy of the translators of that particular Bible. Do, mm. do they respect every word of the Bible to be from God? Or do they have a lesser view of inspiration, which gives them, in their minds, a little more freedom to A little more leeway yeah. in there. So, yeah. so that's one thing you should consider. And then, um, you know, what are you going to do with this Bible? Are you going to be a yeah. serious student of the Bible? Uh, are you going to be a casual reader of the Bible? And that comes into play somewhat. So, yeah. Kind of as an example for that, you know, I personally have several different translations We've got someone interrupting us. Yeah, we have recording. a Let me say that we have. All right. So for me personally, getting back to it, I have several different translations and versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so like I have one that's a very literal translation that doesn't have any numbers in it because that helps me just when I'm wanting to read and get the. What he means is that the chapters and verses are not in his. It's just continual yeah. text. Yeah. yeah. And then I have another version that I read through that is a little less literal, but it breaks it down into the kind of verse format. So if I'm talking to someone or sharing verses or trying to do a good study, it's a little easier to work my way through that one. Mm-hmm. And so those are things that as you're thinking about it, it may be your first Bible. It may be that you're looking for a comparison Bible or one to write in and mark up. Or maybe you became a Christian and you had a certain Bible for a few years when you were just learning the basics. And now you're ready to get into it deeper, more yeah. deeply. And you want something that's there we go. better for that. So. so here's some popular or most commonly used versions of the English Bible. Uh, and I'll let you give some pluses and minuses. These are in no particular order. These are just kind of as we remembered them. Let's start with the message. The message is a one-man paraphrase of the Bible. It's done by a man named Eugene Peterson. Mm-hmm. And Eugene Peterson himself says that he would hate to see the message being used in church for reading the Word of God as if it were the Word of God. He's, he himself understands that the message is not a translation of the Greek and Hebrew scriptures into English. It is his own commentary, his own expansion, his own yeah. ideas about things in those verses. So the message is a paraphrase. Everybody out there remember the word paraphrase. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a simplified version. Well, it's not simplified. It's a commentary on the Bible. It is not a Bible. And another one that used to be popular, not so much anymore, was Kenneth Taylor's The Living Bible Paraphrased. Mm -hmm. And it also, Kenneth Taylor didn't read Greek or Hebrew. He simply put the old American Standard Bible, read it, and then he put it into his own words and put his own ideas yeah. in there. So it's quite a distance from the inspired words of God. So that would be kind of a con a, a negative on the negative side of things as you're looking at that being your Bible, knowing that it's not the Bible. It's a paraphrase of things. Right. But maybe what would be, what would be a positive, what would be a reason why someone might find that useful? That's a challenge for me. If, 
<laughs> if if you use it as one man's commentary on the Bible, mm-hmm. you read your Bible in it. You read your Bible in another version, and then you say, "Well, what did Eugene Peterson say about this?" Then you can read it at that. But don't let yourself believe that when you're reading the message, you are reading the Bible because you're not. Yeah. So it may be more of a You've read a certain passage, you know, let's say you're reading the book of Hebrews, Mm -hmm. and the Hebrews can get pretty deep in the weeds sometimes, and you find yourself going, I wonder what someone else paraphrased that, what their commentary was on it that might help me gather. Then that would be a useful usage of the message. Yeah. Yeah. It would help you maybe gather a main point, and you could then go back and see how that fit in there. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. What about, you mentioned the old standard version. What about the new American standard version? The new American standard. Um, N-A-S-V. N-A-S-B. B? N-A-S-B. New American standard. Bible. Oh. And it's put out, I think, by the Lockman Foundation. Okay. But uh, the new American standard Bible is a, a very literal translation of the Bible. It, it uh, tries its very best to, to come across exactly what's in the Hebrew and Greek. Okay. Uh, it is a little bit wooden in that. It's so literal, sometimes it's a little bit hard to read. Mm. If you want a good study Bible to really study more deeply, the New American Standard is a good study Bible. It has a relatively high reading level. Mm. So if you don't read on at least the 11th or 12th grade level really easily, then you probably wouldn't want the New American Standard Bible. It's going to have very literal translations and a lot of the bigger words. Uh, Yes, to some degree. Uh, It is a good study Bible, but you Mm. need to be able to read English well and stuff to use it. Yeah. So then what about an NIV? That's probably the most common one people are going to walk in and find yeah. in the back pew of a, of a church building or something. Um, interestingly enough, I thought that um, the NIV today would be the largest seller, and it was for a while. But come to find out that the largest seller is the King James Version. Not the new King James, but the old these that's, and thou's and wish ye not King oh James my goodness. Version. And we'll get to that one in and a second. That's, <laughs> beca- that's because of tradition and everything. But it's very difficult for most people to understand. But the NIV is very easy for most people to understand. Uh, the NIV is a fairly literal translation. It's not as literal as like the New American Standard or the ESV or the mm-hmm. New King James. It's pretty close to as literal, but not quite. It's more of a um, um, what's called a dynamic equivalence translation. It's not a paraphrase by any means. It's I've read the Greek text and, and taught people out of it for many years and Okay. I've compared it with the NIV, and in most cases, the NIV is right on target. So, what is that dynamic? What is that dynamic mean exactly? equivalence? Means that you're going to try to have um, the message have the same effect okay. on the reader that it had on the reader in the first century. The we can't reproduce a lot of the metaphors and images of the first century. Okay. For example, um, in the King James, in First John three. 17. Okay. Whoever seeth his brother having a need and shutteth up his bowels against him, oh how shall the love of God abide in him? And that is literal from the Greek. But most of us today, when we think of shutting up our bowels, 
we think we need yeah, one of those little chocolate things to eat or that's, something. You that, know, that's probably so, something we don't <laughs> want to discuss right now. But shutting up the bowels in Greek is the the, the seat of emotions is in here. So to shut off your bowels to to them was a metaphor, a figure of speech for withholding your compassion. So kind of like hardening your heart would yeah. be a yes a, a, a dynamic equivalency there. Yes, and so dynamically to harden your heart or to re, re, refuse your compassion, then that would be what it means. Yeah. But uh, the the NIV is going to come across with that instead okay. of those metaphors. So they're making sure the point comes across, but not the exact words. That's right. In okay. in some cases, most cases, it is the exact words. So I would recommend, especially if if uh, if you want an easy reading Bible. Um, I think the NIV would serve you in most cases quite well. Hmm. If you want to to really get into the fine points of study, you probably might want to move up to a New American Standard or an ESV or something like that. Let's go to that one next. Uh, What about the ESV? The English Standard Version is a relatively new version. Uh, its uh, translators have a philosophy that's very similar to that of the New American Standard Bible. Mm-hmm. They believe very strongly in the literal plenary inspiration of the Bible, that everything in it is inspired. So they try to translate it as nearly as possible to the exact words of the Greek and Hebrew, which is good. Mm-hmm. The downside is, again, the reading level is quite high. It is. And if, yeah. if you're not a very good reader, it may be difficult for you to, to discern. You're not going to give up hardly any accuracy if you move to the NIV. Um, but you might have a little bit more accuracy in the ESV um, if you're a really serious student and if you want to follow the occurrences of words and things like that, yeah. consistency of translating it the same way, the ESV is a good study Bible along with the New American Standard. It's a good study Bible. Okay. Because that's something, it's pretty common if you're in a Bible class, someone might say, how many of your Bibles use this word? And a lot of times the one that's closer to Greek will come in something like the New American Standard and the ESV. But Sometimes. Yeah. For example, an example might be <clears throat> if you're in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 16, okay. uh, the cup of blessing which we bless, uh, some versions will say, is it not a communion yeah. of the blood of Christ? Other versions will say, is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? Other versions will say, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Which Others all... might say, is it not a fellowship in the blood of Christ? Those all say the same thing, yep. but to see it in different versions help you to really understand what the concept yeah. is. Yeah, and, and for someone who reads communion, they may be asking, well, what is communion? It doesn't mean you those know. shiny little trays. Yeah. It means what we share with Jesus Christ and the blood that we share every day that cleanses our sins. There we go. So then that brings us to King James, New King James. King James was a wonderful translation in 1611, and it was in modern English in 1611, and it actually caused a big furor of controversy in 1611 because it was the NIV of 1611. Yes. Uh, It was modern speech. 
Um, it doesn't seem modern today, but it no, was then. <laughs> but and actually, the King James of 1611 has been updated many, many times, and many changes have been made in it to make yeah. it readable. It's still in very archaic language, and to modern readers, unless you were raised reading it, <clears throat> it's very difficult to read. So, <clears throat> for that reason, one reason, I would not recommend it to most modern readers, unless you're of an older generation and you're familiar with that, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, It's going to help you go to heaven, yeah, if you can understand it. But you give it to the person on the street and they won't know what it says, much less have it help them go to heaven. It'll sound... It sounds pretty, but they won't know what it means. And that's something I... A lot of people, they'll look at me and they'll be like, oh, he's, he's not a King James guy. But there's still a lot of things that I read in the King James that are beautiful language. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I've got to give it that, even yeah. with the old stuff. But it's it's beautiful language for 1611. It's not go. beautiful language for 20-whatever-it-is, 19. Yeah, it's like if I want to read Shakespeare. Now, that is not <laughs> true about the New King James Version. Okay. The New King James is modern speech. It's mm-hmm. fairly readable. It would be pretty much maybe a little bit less, but pretty much on the reading level of the of the um, uh, ESV or NASB. In fact, it may be even a little more readable than they are. Okay. Uh, The only downside I would see to the New King James Bible would be that it's based on about a 5% less accurate Greek text than the the other versions are. Interesting. Um, The NIV, the New American Standard, the ESV, are based on what we call the modern critical Greek text, which is 99 point something, something, something percent accurate to the original. Yeah. And um, the King James, which was didn't have nearly the manuscript basis as our modern Bibles do, uh, about a 95% accurate Greek text. So it's a little bit less accurate to the original Greek text, but it's a very good readable translation. Yeah. And, and you can get what you need out of it to to learn God's truth and go to heaven. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing that we could spend a lot of time discussing, but... That's a whole different issue than translation. Right. It's just that over time, we got more information and more things to compare. Right, right. It's a very accurate translation of the Textus Receptus Greek text, which was available to it in the 1600s. It's very accurate. So it's like there is no one particular correct English version, and that's what we're kind of containing to right now is our English versions. That's uh, right. You do need to recognize that there are paraphrases, like the message. There are more exact translations, like the New American Standard Version. The ESV. Yeah, and then there's those sort of things in the middle, which are, what was that, the dynamic... Dynamic equivalents. Like the NIV. The NIV is really less dynamic equivalence than it is toward the literal side, but it but a lot of people say it's dynamic equivalence. <laughs> I've read the Greek text for many years and compared the NIV, and it's pretty close to the same level yeah. of accuracy as these these others. But, <clears throat> um, and that's good to know because we, a lot of we're times... We're not trying to do a translation theory no, video here. No, that we could spend so. a lot of time getting into all that. But the basic point being... We want you to be in the Bible. <laughs> yes, and you need to be able to read it. Ease, not. I would say you need to be able to read it comfortably if yeah. you're going to be in it very much. Because you'll get discouraged with your Bible if you can't read it. If you were very ambitious and you decided at the beginning of the year, you said, I'm going to read War and Peace 
and you pick it up, most of you are going to bail out after a few chapters at best. You don't want to do that with the Bible. So no. don't jump in because someone said, well, this is what you have to read, or this is what all the smart people around me are reading, right. or whatever sort of thought process you're going through. Pick something that is going to be useful. And let's, let's throw one other thing. A lot of parents want to get their child a Bible. True. So if you're going to get your middle schooler a Bible, um, I personally would not suggest you get them a New American Standard or an ESV yeah. because it will be harder for them to read. Mm-hmm. I would, don't stone me, but uh-huh. I would recommend you get them an ES, I'm not an ESV, but an NIV. Yeah. Not the new one, but the the regular, not the NIRV. That's not the same thing okay. at all. I'm, yeah, but we'll leave that one aside. New for now. International Version of 1984, get them that one. Yeah. And they'll have a good version, a good accurate translation. They can read it, they can get into it. Yeah. Yada, yada. And then they can get into all the other They can graduate to the others as they get older and as they... Yeah. But it's a good reading one. It's one you'll hear quoted, you know, especially mm-hmm. here at Broadway. I mean, if someone comes and listens to our scripture reading, we read our scriptures out of the NIV. And that's not because we think it's better or worse. We just... We do that so that people out there will understand what yeah. they're hearing. It appeals to a wider audience. Right. So hopefully that was useful. Uh, I'm going to encourage you. We would love to hear what is the version that you use the most often and why. You never know. That might be useful to people and it'd be interesting for us to know. But thanks again for watching, listening, sending your questions. Thank you again, Dan. Yep. Y'all have a good week. Okay. God bless. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.